Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Jeez. Like vampires. Take a stand and take a night. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Shall we? We shall. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Today on the Beers with Buffies, we are reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 1, The Freshman. The Freshman. As in, we were only. Yes. And insert that song here, which actually I'm pretty sure they were local. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Verve pipe. Or is it? No, it, it's not it's, the Verve. It's the okay. Verve. Definitely the Verve it's, pipe. I confuse them. As you should. The Verve did Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, right. Got it. Verve yes. pipe did the Fresh. Yes. Okay. And yeah. the Verve pipe was very from, different sound. Yes. The Verve <laughs> pipe was from Vicksburg. Oh, like I know people. I know one of their moms. I bet you Emily knows them. Yeah, because I mean, she is good friends with members of 30 Seconds to Mars and many other. Did you know I have a I have a bacon number of only four (laughs) for Kevin Bacon? Yes. Mine's probably gone down over the years because I went to school with some people that live in L.A. So. So my bacon number is four because I am friends with Emily and Emily is friends with fucking Jared Leto. Who? Jared Leto. Leto or Leno? Leto. Who's that? Jared Leto is the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars and has been in movies with Kevin Bacon. Oh, nice. Yeah. He, Jared Leto is one of the dudes that played the Joker recently. Oh, in the Joker movie? No, no, no. Before that. Jared Leto pl- played the blonde pretty kid in Fight Club. Oh, okay. Ah. Well, Rex, Keanu Speed. Reeves be with you. Whoa. Whoa. It's been a long, arduous <laughs> break. Very productive, though. Finished washing my dog, waxing my cat. Painting my tires, brushing my fence, licking any wildlife that happens to hop on by, needing a good licking. Have you floofed your cat today, Rex? I don't need to floof my cat. He floofs himself. Oh. He is a self-floofing cat. Self-floofing. Shut up. What is this, <laughs> the 50s? Sometimes you get lucky and you get a self-floofing cat, and I just happen to be one lucky fellow. You are the luckiest self-floofer <laughs> I have ever met. You know, I've been trying to think of a new animal noise to make i've made a lot of animal noises on this podcast you have i think it started with the i think it did i definitely did a a goose which was (laughs) um there was there was definitely a sheep there Um, was a sheep yeah that's more goat isn't it oh yeah you're right okay i did it i did a goat there was one other one i want to say a horse 
Yes, I did, did the horse, horse whinny, which sounds more like Scooby Doo laughing, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, old McDonald is shitting bricks over here. <laughs> I stole all his farm animals. Why is that, Rex? <laughs> What's wrong with his digestion? What did you do? I don't know where I'm going with he this. Doesn't eat nearly enough fiber. <laughs> that seems likely. Probably so, gets plenty of protein, though. <laughs> Those poor animals. You know, eggs from the chickens. I'm really <laughs> not trying to make any kind of innuendo right now, but my brain is like, dude, that's like really dirty. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> There's lots of protein in eggs. <laughs> Why are you giving me so much shit, brain? Oh, speaking of. It knows you too well. <laughs> Dedicating this episode to uh, the writer of Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Who died a couple days ago. What's funny is I've been watching through the whole series because, you know, they had their own series. It wasn't just yeah. the, the miniseries part of Animaniacs. That's where it started. Gordon Bresick. This one goes out to you, Gordon Bresick. But what are we going to do today, Brian? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. All right, I was thinking we'd, you know, respectfully mourn Gordon Bresick, but okay, Brain. Well, Brain's the type that would really just move forward with his life. You're ruining his memory. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, we will appreciate your content for ages to come. Now, was he the writer? Uh, writer and creator, I believe. Okay. Yeah, he was not the voice of either of them, though. I knew. I know that. Okay. <laughs> Unlike Ren and Stimpy, where the creator was also the voices of both Ren and Stimpy. Fun yes. fact. Anyway, <laughs> so we have a couple of voicemails. I yes. know. It's unprecedented. We've never done a voicemail segment two episodes in a row. But, I don't know, y'all got so jealous that Rafi got two voicemails on the same episode. Everybody was like, hey, I'm a call in. So our first one is from Crystal. Hi, guys. I've left a message previously before. Uh, I didn't say my name last time, I don't think. My name's Crystal. Y'all maybe thought I was a dude, but maybe didn't. I, I, I'm I'm a woman, <laughs> so I've I've gotta I've gotta say that I've been dreading the fact that it's gonna be Snyder's last episode, just like you guys. And the Quark and Odo bits that y'all do are are near and dear to my heart. So I think y'all should pick up and do a DS9 podcast if you don't do this Ale with Angel thing. Or you could do both. I wouldn't complain. Also, I don't know who does the fucking voices. I don't remember y'all's fucking names. It's just beer with Buffy, guys. You were doing a voice about Willow wanting wanting Oz's dick. Is that the Schwifty 5 voice? But anyway, thanks. Thanks so much. And I'm not drunk, sadly, but I plan on being soon. So, woohoo. Bye. So, Crystal, we definitely didn't think you were a dude last time you called in. Just didn't, uh, you never know these days. Didn't want to be too presumptuous. I definitely didn't know your name, though, so I wrote you down as Sam. So now your name is Crystal Sam. <laughs> and, uh. We are also sad about Quark. Yeah, thanks for the pat on the back about the Quark and Odo thing. That quickly became one of my favorite segments. Yeah. That I looked forward to. I just have to say, though. I mean, we introduce ourselves every episode. Yeah. And I happen to know that Josh and I do not sound that much alike. How do you not know our names? <laughs> what are we, just pieces of ethereal voice meat to you? 
just just floating around in the air and you're just like yum yum i don't think none of that makes any sense yeah think about that one see if you can get any sleep huh bet you feel guilty about that (laughs) actually rex there are some occasions when i'm like wait i didn't say that oh that was rex Statistically, you are more probable to be friends with somebody whose voice sounds more like yours than you realize. Huh. And there are quite a few moments where we talk a lot alike, Rex. I do know that we have a lot of the same vocal mannerisms. That's and part of it. There's one thing that I picked up saying that you say all the fucking time, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And it's, yeah, no. Oh. I Yeah, oh. no. Did I we- fucking hate it. And every time I say it, I it's like fucking <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, no. But <laughs> regardless, Rex. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, we miss Quark already. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least it was a happy ending. Him and Odo are gonna be together forever now. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Something about a fanfic where you hook up basically mortal enemies is just funny it's funny to me it nothing to do with making them gay whatever i they just were, it was just mortal funny enemies because they were well they were diametrically opposed well yeah but they were friends despite by the end of the series they were yeah but i'm thinking more early quark and odo where odo was constantly um like what the hell are you doing you're fucking up my promenade you little bastard and he's like hey <laughs> Yeah, and that was basically their whole relationship for several yeah, seasons fair, until fair. they developed a, a good mutual respect in their pants. Yes. <laughs> I squeezed another one in there. There we go. And we got another voicemail from Ale. We did. As in Ale from the heart. Yes. Hi, Rex. And hi, Josh. Uh, this is not Fred. Neither is it Matthew. It is Ale. Alan from the heart. I am uh, wondering if you guys have the like the sound for it. I am obsessed with this music. Um, the dudes that do that music. Thank you to them. I want to say, my body is asking to interpret this music to dance. I want to interpret the music to dance. It would be cool if you could like upload it to iTunes as a ringtone. That would be wonderful because I just want to dance to it. Put all over social media. Maybe we can buy all. That's just my plan. That doesn't involve you guys. Hold the podcast. Hurry up. Already? Because I want to get to season three. I would rather just listen to Beer with Bobby. So make my episode. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for calling in, Ollie. It's it's actually really nice to hear your voice outside of your YouTube um thing vlog. I vlog, think, uh, sure. The word you're looking for is vlog. Ah. She also has a podcast. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we're... We used to say it in the end of the episode, but we stopped doing that. Um, some of the music from the show is available on SoundCloud, but, I mean, we can easily upload the rest and give you guys access to it, and we can make a link yeah. to it on our homepage. So, as of this episode, you can go to our Patreon and you'll see a post... On our Patreon, that will have a link to all the, all the music for our show that you can download. There it is. Patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. 
and you can get a link to all of our show's music to do quite literally whatever the hell you want to with. Good times, good times. I think it's time for a mom synopsis. Shit, Rex, you're right. That means the planets have aligned. Uh, (laughs) Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just trying to pretend I actually live in this house. (laughs) What do you mean, Joshua? All I did was move around literally everything you own and combine most of it with my own hoarding piles. I don't see what the problem is, honestly. (laughs) I go to college for three years. See, this is why I didn't want to live at home while I was going to community college. Just remember that whenever you come back, it's as big of an inconvenience as possible, and I will try to make you pay rent. Come on, Mom, are you... Are you my mom or are you Xander's mom? What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) I should be Xander's mom. He's much more attractive than you. (laughs) Yikes. Yes, yes. Welcome back. How was college? Tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It looks like Joyce has the right idea. She's using Buffy's room for storage. (laughs) Yeah, she sure is. Well, what else happened? I wasn't really paying attention. Man, the more things change, the more they stay the same, huh? All right, so it's uh, it's Buffy and Willow's first day at and Oz's first day at college. They're going to UC Sunnydale. They're living on campus, even though it's only five miles away. Turns out they have a vampire problem, and random students have been going missing since 1982. Uh, Giles is a bit aloof and uh, trying to teach Buffy a hard lesson. Ends up caving in the long run, but it. It actually kind of worked out, and Buffy uh, manages to work her way through her depression because she's feeling really inadequate and really overwhelmed and disoriented about college, and Willow's, like, just soaking it all up, and Oz already knows everybody because he's a musician, and yeah, that would make anybody feel inadequate, but uh, we meet uh, Riley, which we all know is soon to be Buffy's big crush for the season. Buffy fucks up a den of more modern vampires that we're not necessarily used to seeing. And uh, everybody's all matriculated. And uh, Joshua, don't use dirty words like that on your podcast. <laughs> what, matriculated? That's not a dirty word. Oh, you said it again. Yes, they had a very moist matriculation. Oh, I didn't raise you to be like that. Highly inappropriate. <laughs> That's me. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vamp, vamp, as soon as the sun goes down, down, vamp, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Gold open. Sitting in a graveyard. Buffy and Willow picking classes for Buffy. Probably should have done this a fucking month ago, Buffy. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you wait till the last minute to do. Damn. That does not work out well. <laughs> no. At all. Yeah, this is where we hear that the college is only five miles away. Yep. Giles told Buffy that she needs to buckle down on being secret identity gal again. Yeah, we'll see about that. It's not like her entire high school class that survived anyway isn't also going to be there. Well, a lot of them probably fucked off to other colleges. I don't know if it was anything like my high school, like half of them ended up going to the local community college. Willow's super excited about Intro to Psych because the teacher is renowned. Oh. And Buffy's line is, how do you get to be renowned? Do you have to be noun first? And Willow replies, yes, 
First, there's the painful nouning process. Ha! <laughs> Nouned. And oh, jeez. Where does it end? I have a question. Yes? Are we, are we in the nouning process? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're growing in, in fandom. Sure. We have fans. Yeah. Which is awesome. And we have at least a fan who made a fucking YouTube video about us. I like to think of this podcast like we're Harry and Lloyd and we're road tripping across the country to be famous podcasters in a big sheepdog van. Do you want to be Harry or Lloyd? I really don't care. <laughs> Neither? I'll be Lloyd. I really don't want to be either of them. <laughs> well, you have to pick one. I don't really like either character, and I don't really like either actor that much. Did they become renowned Renowned after they got to... Aspen? Aspen? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Your metaphor just does not work. Yeah. You don't like... Yeah, Jim Carrey kind of... I liked him a lot in the 90s. What can I say? We know how that... Now he's a bit crazy yeah we know how that <laughs> tends to work out anyway jim Carrey, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> of course he is why <laughs> anyway no he's totally listening to this podcast i don't know i'm sure he hears every episode he's my yeah. biggest fan <laughs> but while they're they're sitting there talking about classes and whatnot uh vampire rises from the grave behind buffy why the fuck they didn't sit somewhere where they could be where they could actually you yeah. know keep it in their visual range exactly Meh. but he notices all her slayer gear and he just like turns around and walks away which is unprecedentedly smart yeah well actually no it is precedented the book nerd vampire from the first season oh oh that guy yeah okay yeah he ran he did but he definitely like had some sort of interaction with them first. Yeah. He didn't just see them from behind and say, oh, fuck this. Anyway, we leave this scene with Buffy saying, gotta stay sharp. Yep. <laughs> As they completely miss this vampire rising from the grave. Then we get the opening sequence. And now we're on UC Sunnydale's campus. Which, by the way, the actual campus they filmed it at was UCLA. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Interesting. I thought UC Sunnydale was supposed to be like a really small college, like a two-year college. It's still a university because it's University of Sunnydale. Therefore, it would have to be a four-year school. That would make it four years. Well, shit. But it does seem bigger than they were leading us to believe. Yeah. Because we got a couple of glimpses of what the campus was like uh, in the first season when Cordy was all, ooh, college boys. But... I get why they filmed at UCLA, but it definitely feels like too fucking big of a college for fucking Sunnydale. I looked it up. I forget why. Turns out Joss Whedon actually admitted that Sunnydale is based on Santa Barbara. How fucking big is Santa Barbara? It looked pretty small on Google Maps, not gonna lie. That makes sense. So Santa Barbara's population is 92,000. Okay. For context... Our hometown here, where the podcast is recorded, is 75,000. Okay. So it's a it's slightly bigger than here. Weird. I mean, we've already said... And we have two fucking colleges. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Okay. We... I mean, if you count community colleges, we have more than two. But we have two four-year universities. Yes. 
So yeah, opening sequence puts us in the college and oh boy, did their fucking uh, extra cost go through the damn roof. <laughs> they probably just splurged for the uh, opening episode. Right. I doubt that's going to be a lasting thing. We get a fancy crane shot though. Oh, nice fancy crane shot. Boy. Buffy's seeming very overwhelmed. As you do your first day of college. It's really weird having an episode that doesn't start in the high school. Right? Also, I think it's amazing that we've managed to completely avoid seeing Buffy have any kind of interaction with her mother where she berates Buffy for burning down another school. That's a very valid point. Right? I mean, maybe Joyce is just happy that Buffy graduated this time. It probably also helps that she knows she's the Slayer. I'm sure that helps. Yeah. But yeah, woman knows how to destroy some schools. <laughs> oh, you mean Buffy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Joyce, the school slayer. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, the whole flyer bit just cracks me the hell up. I see what they're trying to do by making the <laughs> campus too, like, so overwhelming with protests and fraternity initiations and a million people handing out flyers. But I just... I mean, it seems like a really inaccurate representation, but I wouldn't know. I never went to a school like that, but I so. guess for storytelling purposes. Yeah. I mean, but also my four year college, Grand Valley State University was in the middle of a cornfield. So what are you going to do? Apparently eat corn. Very conservative. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't recall ever eating corn actually, but <laughs> we get to see Willow again. I have to say Willow's shorter haircut is cute as hell. I'm really liking College Willow. Oh, is that? Yeah, that is what changed. Yeah, yeah definitely working for her. Definitely. Um, so Willow's upset that she didn't get a flyer for free jello shots. <laughs> and for freshman women specifically. Now that, the, the average freshman woman is going to be 18 or 19 years old. So yeah. that is just flat out illegal as fuck. And they're leaving a paper trail. So that's, and it's specifically at a frat house. That's an amazing start to the day. Yeah. That's just calling for fucking problems. Yeah. But as we know, the Sunnydale police are fucking useless. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have some wings. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. A fantastic quote of the day coming right up here. I wonder if it's the same quote of the day that I wrote down. I can't possibly imagine. So Buffy says, oh, I see you got ticketed too. Willow says, yes, I've heard about five different issues and I'm angry about each and every one of them. What'd you get? Okay, that that's only part of it. I just wanted to comment on that. I remember the days when I still had the capacity <laughs> to care about <laughs> random shit. And actually act against it in the face of brutal, unflinching opposition. And those days are so far gone. Yeah. I avoid that as much as possible. My mental health can't deal with it. What was that thing you just read me about the fucks? It's not that you don't have enough fucks, it's just that you're not being... The line was, my bounty of fucks is hearty and fulsome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. Willow's bounty of fucks is hearty and fulsome indeed. Yes. Yes, so. indeed. <laughs> and my my bounty of fucks is still hearty and fulsome. I just am very sparing about where I spend them. Yeah, you have to be really careful. There's just too many issues and people attempting to demand your fucks 
for issues that are not as, deserving. As you grow older, you become a fucks conservative. That are not deserving of your fucks. I did have a line here from Buffy. She's talking about how she has to get her ID. And Willow's like, oh, you should have went earlier because there's probably a long line here, a mm-hmm. long line there now, and you have to wait. Buffy's response is, I hope I learn from this experience and that I grow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is like the second or third time already that Willow's basically kind of been a bit... Uh, Momish. High horsey. Yeah. Uh, but Willow is super excited about college. Uh, Maybe, just maybe a little too excited maybe a about college. Too excited. So this is the real quote of the day here. <laughs> yes, that I meant to bring up earlier. So Willow says, "It's just in high school, knowledge was pretty much frowned upon. You really had to work to learn anything. But here, the energy, the collective intelligence, it's like this force, this penetrating force, <laughs> and I can just feel my mind opening up. You know." And letting this place thrust into and spurt knowledge into. <laughs> that sentence ended up in a different place than it started. <laughs> spurt knowledge. <laughs> like then, and then, then Buffy even says, I'm all for spurty knowledge. That quote makes fun of itself. I don't even need to make an inappropriate comment about that. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to... <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> so, uh, like a vagina and a penis. God. Right? That's that's what you were talking about, right, Willow? <sighs> Can't take you anywhere. <laughs> Can we go to the internet today, Rex? God, no. <laughs> the internet is a bad place. <laughs> but it's where I see boobies. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh, and then Oz shows up, and Oz isn't overwhelmed at all. He fits right the fuck in. And he kind of should. He's a year older. Well, he did kind of sort of stay behind in high school, but he's. it's more because he is a musician, and he knows everybody through playing events at different locations. Yeah. Willow says, ooh, boyfriend. Buffy quips that she forgot to pick hers up. The line is probably really long now. Hey-oh! Jab at Willow. Yep. And uh, and I'm like, wait, what? Angel leaves for one damn summer and you've moved on already? And not only that, she's shopping for boyfriends somewhere with a line. You get what you pay for. That's all I'm saying. Would Cordelia wait in a line or would she make them wait in a line? Come on, Buffy. Yeah, really. Cordelia is setting a standard here. You should really be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) Anyway... Yeah, and I didn't even see Cordelia in this episode. Oh, that's because she's not in the episode. She's she's even taken out of the credits. Oh, God! She's no longer on the show. She's moved on to, I don't want to say happier places, but other places. Angelier places. That is so weird. No more Cordelia. I know. Bye, Cordelia. No more Cordelia. No more Snyder. Yeah. No more Angel. That makes me a sad panda. Are you sure it doesn't make you a broody panda? What noise would a broody panda make? I don't know what fucking noise a panda makes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we get to hear a little bit about what's happening with Giles. He doesn't have a job. He is a gentleman of leisure. Which is just British for being unemployed. I mean, it's also American for being unemployed. Hey, it was a really, it's a much better way to, to frame it. 
You're welcome, everybody. You wouldn't have such amazing beers with the Buffies if I weren't such a man of disproportionate leisure. <laughs> and, of course, they miss Xander, who's off roaming the land, seeing the states. He is bound and determined to drive to all 50 states, and this is a problem because Hawaii exists. <laughs> Not for Xander. <laughs> Willow didn't have the heart to tell him. Xander is underwater driving man, didn't you know? So when they're talking about Xander, they're like, speaking of slack, and I'm like, ouch! He's yeah. not even there. <laughs> not that it doesn't deserve it, but... I think Xander would take a little bit of pride in the association of slacker being applied to him. He absolutely would, and I would enjoy his quip about it. Yeah, it would be hilarious. And he's not there for that. Oh, well. They're making up for it in his absence. They are. Then we get to see the campus library. The new library, which frankly just looks like a huge waste of ceiling space. Yeah, fucking... How the hell would you ever, ever heat a room like that? And also, I don't understand what the hell Willow's so excited about. She's like, isn't it amazing? And I'm like, it's not Beauty and the Beast. It's not like the shelves are stacked to the ceiling here. It's just a fucking dome. Yeah, and first off, the camera angle that they give us of the library doesn't really show it off at all. We just see the ginormous fucking ceiling. Yeah, I feel like something had to be compromised here, and they were like, all right, Allison Hedigan, use your acting to make us feel <laughs> something. Preferably like this is a large library with a great selection. We need you to make us feel like that. Even though it is not those things. It's kind of where I felt that was going. Yeah. She disses the selection in the old library. I understand selection does matter, but that library was fucking cozy as hell. Yeah. And as a man who loves his books... Cozy libraries are way fucking better than giant fucking Superdome libraries. It was a lovely library. And those stacks went way further back than they looked like. Yeah. I mean, people got lost back there. Yeah. I feel like that should have been a dirty statement, but you know. Well, to you, any statement's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Giggity to whoever can make that dirty. I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Anyway. Cut to the bookstore. The campus bookstore. Oh, boy. I liked Buffy's <laughs> opening line here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> can't wait till mom gets the bill for these books. I hope it's a funny aneurysm. Well, guess what, Buffy? It's not. And you're going to feel really fucking bad you said that in about a season or so. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that actually how Joyce dies? Yes. That's Yes, it is. Oh, my God. That hurts. Right? <laughs> it's not a funny aneurysm at all. No, it's actually quite dramatic. Like, actually. <sighs> and then Buffy knocks some books on Riley's head. She pummels an unsuspecting Riley accidentally. Dentally hard air quotes <laughs> with poorly stacked and suspiciously high up books that happen to belong to the class Riley is a teacher's assistant for. And hey, again, they're just really hammering in that Buffy has a type. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Tall, dark, and broody. I mean, as far as first impressions go, I don't like him. 
Not sure why. Um, as far as all impressions go, I don't like you. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm actually not really looking forward to this because I don't particularly like him as a character as a whole. Well, I can't wait to pick that apart as the season progresses. Yeah, this should be fun. So Willow goes full Brainiac. Oh, God. Willow, you never go full Brainiac <laughs> unless you want to because you're Willow and you can do whatever you want. You're an empowered woman. For all my problems with Riley, though, his his line to them is really fucking solid. He, he says, so you girls taking intro to psych or do you just want me dead? <laughs> well, good line. Yes. And yes. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Buffy starts feeling insecure because yeah. Riley's talking to Willow more than her. And it's because Willow, for a change, happens to be the articulate one in the situation. Well, she's in her element. She's definitely, she's blossomed. Yes. She's come yes. out of her shell. Willow's awesome. Willow's always been awesome. So cut to Buffy's dorm. Hold on. Before that, I got another line from Buffy. Oh, no. Because Riley is like, oh, it was very nice to meet you girls. Willow's like, oh, nice to meet you too. And Buffy says, I'm nice to meet. All awkwardly. <laughs> and they're talking about, about psych and everything. And Buffy's like, Oh, yeah, because everyone's got a brain. Long pause. Riley, like, looks at her, and then they walk off, and she goes, or almost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's Buffy and the brain, 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 brain. Nah. <laughs> so cut to the dorms where we meet Buffy's super fun roommate, Kathy. I hate to say this, Kathy, but you're probably going to die if you remain... <laughs> roommates with Buffy. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what happens to Kathy, but I feel like statistically. Just, <laughs> yeah, statistically, you're not safe. No. Or you're more safe. I'm not sure really. So, Kathy turns out to be a snoring, lip-smacking sleep laugher. Man, isn't that just the worst? <laughs> and she likes Celine Dion. I almost hope she dies. Almost. <sighs> not really. I just don't I, like Celine Dion. Nor do I. <laughs> the, you know, I bet we don't like Celine Dion for the same reasons, and that is because we're 90s kids, and Celine Dion was shoved down our throats a lot. Mm, yeah. Well, also, any singer that purses their lips too much just <laughs> irks me. It's like, can't you move your mouth like a normal person while you sing? Like, I didn't hate Celine Dion until I saw her sing. And also, I swear on Keanu, if I have to hear my heart will go on ever again, I cannot be held responsible for my violent actions. Exactly. We heard that too much when we were 90s kids. Yeah, it is not okay. You weren't there. You don't know how much they played it. Everywhere. It was Always. Inescapable. It was like year-round Christmas music bad. Yes. That's how bad it was, guys. You're so fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. You think Baby Shark is bad? You don't fucking know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't have a clue. <laughs> that makes me a broody panda. Oh, and from there we cut to 
Buffy, I thought it was Buffy's first class, but it's not. She doesn't actually belong in this class. Oh, the lecture hall, yeah. I thought at first the professor was drinking, like, whiskey or scotch, and it was not. Yeah, he might as well have been. He was a fucking asshole. Yeah. This is a just... I had some asshole shitty professors. None of them, I don't think, ever would have the audacity to be as big of a fuckbag as this shit fuck fucking just fuck dude how much money do you make and you're treating students like this i don't give a fuck if it's the 90s i don't care what goddamn decade it is you do not talk to a student like that yeah no shit no shit you just fucking don't have you ever witnessed in real life any moment where a teacher actually makes a fucking student stand up in class and outright humiliates them like that not in college like tenure no you fucking lose your job over that shit yeah no a tenured professor could definitely get away with that kind of shit but they don't need to they have tenure they don't give a fuck right exactly (laughs) and the adjuncts they also don't give a fuck nobody gives a fuck it's college also this is a pop culture class yeah. This is an easy credit. I don't care what he's he's like this class is not for watching videos for an easy A. I really during this scene especially were was thinking about the classes in community. Yeah. Like man, that was way more accurate frankly. Yeah. Like sure they put a comedic spin on it, but it was like scrubs versus ER. If you ask a doctor is working in a hospital more like Scrubs or ER? They will fucking tell you Scrubs every time. Yep. Well, like, also, I really would have loved to see Ladders 101. Ladders 101? Yeah, that was one of the classes from from Community. <laughs> ladders 101. Oh. <laughs> hey, if somebody could teach me how to build a ladder from scratch. I think it was just using ladders. Oh, God. All I remember is the scene from from Community where teacher's like, Ladders 101. And he like climbs up the ladder that's next to the chalkboard and, and underlines Ladders 101 <laughs> at the top of the chalkboard. That's funny. And then there was like a holding your breath class. <laughs> and of course they had the boating class and pool. For fuck's sake, I would have loved to take a goddamn... <laughs> billiards pool class that would have been nice definitely and you know what i would have worn the shorts we should figure out what kind of deal this is i mean is it a gathering a shindig or a hootenanny well gathering is brie mellow song stylings shindig dip less mellow song stylings perhaps a large amount of malt beverage and hootenanny what's chock full of hoot just a little bit of nanny so anyway buffy Smartly leaves the class. God, I feel so bad for her here. Yeah. Shitty, unrealistically shitty professor. Yeah, next scene. So we uh, Buffy runs into Riley in the hallway. Yep. And he remembers her from his conversation from yesterday with Willow. He kind of remembers her. Doesn't remember her name. But he leads her to class anyway. He's, yep. he's being super nice. And Buffy sits down next to Willow. And Willow's like, oh, how is pop culture? Buffy says, I decided not to take it. It seemed dull. I mean, that yeah, that seriously just would have been a waste of a class anyway. Like, also, you're, you're not missing anything, Buffy. Also, honestly, the way that guy was going on about it, I bet it would have been. Yeah. He would have made 
that pop that pop culture class which would have been a lot of fun and he was making it way too intense and serious yeah like what are you gonna do with this with this class credential i've listened to a few podcasts that take their critiquing a show way too seriously and it's fucking boring only a few yeah a lot well a lot we make jokes and stupid voice. Well, Josh makes stupid voices. Do you <laughs> hear that, Crystal? Josh makes the stupid voices. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Josh. Josh is my name. Hear that, Crystal? My name is Josh. Hey! <laughs> I make the funny voices. <laughs> anyway, back on back on track. Uh-huh. Uh, Professor Walsh is intense. Well, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's embraced the name Evil Bitch Monster of Death. Yeah. I mean, that takes balls. Also. Metaphorical balls. Um, her TAs really need to, to streamline that. That's a big mouthful. It like is. Professor, Professor Walsh, way easier than, what was it? Evil bitch monster of death. Yeah, yeah. See, that's it's too much of a mouthful. You can't fucking remember that. Um, like uh, E B M O D or something. E B M O D. Yeah, and then it's still coded. In, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you guys see the E B M O D today? <laughs> yeah, she's an evil bitch monster of death. That kind of works because E B M O D. E B M O D actually really rolls off the tongue. Not for me though. Nothing rolls off the tongue for me very well. Everything rolls onto your tongue, huh? No comment. Like genitals. Do we really want that on the podcast? No. Definitely cut that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's her name? Mrs. Walsh seems a bit intense. Oh no, she's intense. Buffy is intimidated. Moving along. Yeah. Uh, cut to campus at night where she's walking and lost. And she runs into some super nice guy. No, like he's actually a nice yeah, guy. His name's Eddie. Yeah. I like to call him actually nice guy Eddie. They have a nice fucking moment here. Yeah. They figure out via his map. I did like her line about being the second most pathetic because, you know, I didn't write it down, of course, because I'm dumb. But she's like, oh, I'm super pathetic because I'm lost. And he's like, I'm lost and I have a map. And she goes, oh, second place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, uh, but he, t- he talks about a security blanket uh-huh. and how his security blanket is the book of human bondage by W. Somerset Mome. A novel. He's like, I've only read it like 10 times. 10 times? Really? My favorite book, I've read at least two dozen times. My favorite book series, which currently consists of 15 books, I've read every single book at least a dozen times or more. Yeah, Eddie. That is your fucking favorite book, your security blanket that you keep by you at all times, and you've only read it 10 times? What kind of book nerd are you? Get it right or pay the price. Yeah, Eddie. And he does pay the price. You're not such a nice guy anymore, are you? <laughs> but, uh, he doesn't even come on to Buffy. No. And they just, uh, they have a nice little walk and a nice little chat, and then they part ways. And he gets what's coming to him for not being a proper book nerd. He gets eaten. That is correct. 
Never mind his manners, never mind his affable personality, his amiability. It is time for him to have his blood sucked to the point of death and then fed more blood to the point of supernaturally being impregnated with a demon and re uh, reanimated. That is an interesting way to look at it. If and will. it makes vampires even more skeevy. As a, that's the word, vampire. That's what he became then yes. <laughs> after that. Um, Did you forget? Have you studied the occult? Anyway, though. Do you have a history in the occult? We know that he's eaten here, but we don't know that he is turned yet. But the last thing we see is the vampires go and ransack his room and take his shit out and leave a fucking note. Yes, they did. And then we cut to class, to psych class again the next day. And Buffy can't find him. Yeah, because they had a conversation about both being in that same class and they just hadn't noticed each other. She's looking for someone. Willow's like, who are you looking for? Buffy says a friend, and she's like, oh, you made a friend. Good for you. Buffy's like, thanks, Mom. Mom. The way she said it was great. And I actually am on Buffy's side here. Willow's being a bit condescending with with a lot of this. It's like, come on. A little bit. Yeah. Like, okay, Willow, I get it. You're the smart one. Okay. You're more prepared for college, but... Buffy fucking has a lot on her goddamn plate, and you're being fucking mean about this. I I think she was legitimately trying to be supportive, but she's doing it in a way that is kind of overstepping her boundaries. Yeah. Anyway, irregardless of all that noise, she goes to... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She goes to... Give me an aneurysm. You're welcome. Buffy goes to check Eddie's room. She talks to the RA. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, some people just uh, just can't hack it. We have a few students do this every year. She looks around. She sees the note. And then she finds his book in his dresser drawer. Yeah, the vampires took everything but the book. The only item that could have led her to believe that something was wrong. Yeah, but it was important to him. He wouldn't have left that behind. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, but no, actually, that's, it's like, yeah, he definitely didn't leave that behind because he was kidnapped and murdered. And they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Where we cut to the vampire's lair and we find out that he's been kidnapped and murdered and turned into a vampire. Turns out this campus has a bad case of the evil. Yes. And it's right. it was right past the garden path. Well, it, yeah. was, it was a lovely little bike path. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that evil. It was a polite case of evil where you'd help an old lady carrying too many parcels. But beyond that evil. Apparently the vampires play a game with different artist posters. It was Monet versus another artist, and I can't remember the other artists. Oh, somebody I'd never heard of. Yeah, same. But, you know, her her lackey vamp is a follower of Keanu. Was he? Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he kept, he kept saying, whoa. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to make a joke about that when he gets staked. No, he is definitely a devout follower of Mr. Reeves. And then this is when we see that Eddie rises. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, they, they bicker a bunch and obvious. So this lead head vampire is named Sunday Yep. and she's super catty, extra controlling of everybody, but it's like a four vampire coven. If they want to listen to her, I guess that's on them. There's plenty of other places they could go. Yeah. Really? Then we cut to Giles's house where Giles has him an adult friend. He does. <laughs> A very pretty adult friend named Olivia. Yeah, I definitely thought that this was Michonne from The Walking Dead when Olivia shows up. I can kind of see that. I Well, if you compare their IMDb pages side by side, and I did, they actually have a striking resemblance. But the more I looked at it, the more I was like, okay, no, definitely not no, the I same person. I can see it in the jaw, especially. Yeah, well, so Olivia is played by Fina Aruch, or Aruche, or however you pronounce that. She was born in 1969, and Michonne is played by Denai Guerrera, who was born in 1978. So there's a good nine-year difference between the two of yeah. them, for starters. And also, Denai was born in Iowa, and Fina was born in Liverpool, so she's actually British. It wasn't just a convincing accent. Oh, that's good. That's good. Fina definitely had slightly more angular features, whereas Denai has uh, uh, much more uh, kind of rounded facial features. Not that she has a round face, but just less... Slightly softer. She's not as pointy. Not as pointy. Yeah. She's less pointy, but still... not going to scare off any vampires. Striking resemblance. And it's a no-pants party. Hey, no-pants! Even Giles was only wearing a robe. Yeah. Um, this is, he introduces her as Olivia, an old friend. So yeah, I, I have a few friends like that too, Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Old friends um, that join in for no pants parties. What have you been doing at the nursing home, Rex? I thought you were volunteering. Uh, not that kind of old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Long-term friend, Josh. Long-term friend. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Whew. So Olivia comes in, coming out of the kitchen, and she says, uh, Giles, is this blue cheese, or has this cheese gone blue? <laughs> and uh, That's a good line. I want fucking answers, Giles. <laughs> that is an important question. All right, moving along. Uh, Olivia gives Giles and Buffy some space. Buffy's very taken aback by Olivia being there. And Olivia has one of my quotes of the day here. Yeah. She says, uh, no, you guys talk. I'll go slip into something a little less comfortable. And I'm just not used to that being used as a serious statement. Yeah, it's an excellent line. <laughs> so Giles has a line to Buffy. She's there to tell him about the vampire issue, but he wonders if she's having issues at school. Yeah. Buffy's still trying to get over the fact that he has a woman over... And Giles is like, well, I'm not supposed to have a private life. No, because you're very, very old and it's gross. Well, <laughs> before I succumb to the ravages of age, why don't you tell me what brings you here? <laughs> <laughs> and that was just fun little exchange. The long and short of it is uh, Buffy thinks that there's a vampire coven doing some evil shit on campus. And he's like, uh, and what do you want from me? Go fucking kill him. You're a big girl and the Slayer. Good luck. And that's pretty much it. And she's like, but I wanted your help. It's like she needed your emotional support, Giles. She yeah. didn't need you to help stake them, you fucking dick. 
I mean, part of it, part of the problem here is Buffy, you're having an issue. Fucking talk to him about the issue that you are having. The issue isn't the vampires. The issue is you're uncomfortable in college and don't know how to fucking deal with that. Giles would always be there for you, but he cannot read your mind. Yeah. And well, and it works out. She does end up learning to cope on her own. And it's probably better that Giles handled the situation the way he did, regardless of whether or not she properly communicated the problem. Anyway, so back to campus. Nighttime on campus again. Where Buffy is having a little trouble hunting in the fact that there's a fuck ton of people around. Where the fuck were all these people last night when Eddie got killed? I know, right? Well, it's not as laid out yet. Yeah, fair enough. But Buffy sees Eddie. She spots the freshly demon-inhabited corpse of actual nice guy Eddie. She grabs him. She grabs Eddie and it turns him. And as she turns him, she says... Eddie, I was worried something has happened to you because of course it has because you're a vampire. As she turns him around. Yes. Yeah. Very well timed. She's like, oh, I'm sorry or something. He's like, I'm not or some bullshit vamp line. And she dusts him immediately. Yeah. And bye bye. Nice guy, Eddie. I'm a little disappointed because the vamp makeup actually looked really good on him. Oh, yeah. He had a good face for it. Now that you mention it. He did. Anyway. Enter Sunday and her misfit band of dipshits. Yeah. Um, what was that guy's line about a monster sarcasm rally? All I wrote down is monster sarcasm rally. And yes, please. I know, right? <laughs> so our faithful Keanu worshiper points out definitely a fantastic facet of the current situation. And I, I didn't write down he, the girls. He, he's His line specifically is... Are we going to fight or are we just going to have a monster sarcasm rally? Yeah, because the girls are bantering back and forth because Sunday's like, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing that. And Buffy's like, (gasps) and she looks down. Sunday actually takes that as a moment to uh, sucker punch Buffy. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny that Buffy actually let her guard down like that. I think it's fucked up and bullshit that Buffy even gets her ass kicked at all in this scene because she's only fighting Sunday. Yeah. None of the other vampires join in because Sunday's like, oh, she's mine. Yeah, and there's there's no reason Sunday should be such a good fighter. Yeah. Like, she's probably been a vampire since, what, 1982? Yeah. So, like, maybe, maybe 15 years of being a vampire. I mean, I guess... You could probably become a fairly decent fighter in 15 years. Okay, I I completely retract my statement. Maybe Sunday is that much of a badass. And, you know, she is leading a coven of vampires, so she must be at least on some level badass. At least good enough to dominate them, yeah. But there's no fucking way in hell that she is a better fighter than Faith. Yeah. And Buffy just fucking months ago rumbled with Faith. But Buffy's depressed. Buffy is not in her best Buffy form okay. right now. I, and I guess I can accept that, but it's still bullshit that she got her ass this handed to her. She was doing just fine until she got thrown off the station wagon and sprained her wrist. That's yeah. really all it was. But then she's so she's running away and she does this quintessential blonde girl in a horror movie thing. Like, is it that difficult? To not fall down. Apparently. Apparently. (laughs) 
Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Cut to the next day. We're on campus. Yep. She sees Willow and Oz. Willow and Oz are happy collegeing it up and she avoids them. Yeah, I didn't quite get why she did that. I mean, she kind of explains it later. But anyway, she bails. Then we cut again to the fucking vampire lair. Lair wherever. And Sunday and dipshit Broseph McGee and Purple Rain. That's what I'm going to call the girl that they were fat shaming. Purple Rain. Because the rain is her tears of sadness. It's not a joke. Depression is a real struggle, guys. All right. Yes, it is. And so they're all making fun of their encounter with Buffy. God, and it, even that line made you sound like you were being sarcastic. <laughs> you really do have resting sarcastic voice. Yeah, no, depression is a real struggle. I'm, <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic at all. <laughs> we need to do a skit. Of you trying to not be sarcastic, but always sounding sarcastic. We've had this conversation before. That's actually... I know it's actually a thing, but I want to see you doing it. Okay, we will reprise that skit someday, maybe. We'll throw it on the list. So, Sunday proclaims that Buffy won't last the night, never mind that it's already the next day. But they're going to hit the tunnels. So her stuff hasn't been taken yet. No, but it still seemed weird to me that she said Buffy won't last the night. Yeah, because her plan, I guess, is to take all Buffy's stuff, and and of course that may, that will make Buffy extra sad. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So cut to Buffy's house, where yep. um, Joyce is happy to see Buffy, but has unfortunately filled her room with packing crates. Yeah, it looked like those crates were full of wine and hay. I don't know what the fuck that stuff is. It, it looks like hay, but it's like coconut fur i guess i don't fucking know some sort of packing yeah material it's like can't you use cardboard boxes and styrofoam fucking packing peanuts why the hell do you have to use old wood and fucking old school this is what you see in the 19 fucking 30s packing material because it's more fragrant rex yes you know nothing about storage and then there's a fucking mysterious phone call the fuck is that about <laughs> yeah they never came back to that at all did they no. well i'm guessing my guess was that that was sunday calling to see if buffy was there so that they knew that they had a chance to take her shit but how would she know where buffy lives well she knew that she was the slayer immediately i think it was trying to cover up a plot hole and it just didn't do it very well uh then we cut to the dorm where buffy learn learns the vampires took all her shit then we cut to the bronze the bronze i almost thought we weren't gonna see this place again i was never worried about that at all the band splendid is playing uh we've actually seen them before they were also playing in the bronze at in episode 19 of season two, I only have eyes for you. And she thinks she sees Angel from across the way, but it's not Angel. Yeah, honestly, I think that actually was him for that one shot. I looked it up and it was. And then they switched out the actor. It, it was, and I thought that was cleverly done. Yeah. Anyway, so Xander shows up. He's kind of a breath of fresh air. This is a fun Xander episode. I, I definitely... 
there was nothing I didn't like about Xander in this episode, surprisingly. So Buffy says, you freak of nature, why didn't you call me? Xander responds, well, I knew you guys were starting the whole college adventure and I didn't want to, um, you know, help you move. Buffy says, <laughs> I missed you. And so Xander went on a magical journey to Oxnard. <laughs> Oxnard. So this is what made me look up where the hell Oxnard is for starters. And I had this theory that Sunnydale might be based on Sunnyvale, which is a real city in California. But it this is how I found that it's actually based on Santa Barbara, which is only an hour away from Oxnard. Oh. Yeah. 38 miles. I hope that he got further than an hour. <laughs> because the simple truth is, if you're only an hour drive away from home, maybe you shouldn't work in a strip club to fix your car. Hey, he wanted to be independent. He was supposed to be having his big adventure and he didn't want to bother anybody. I, I don't guess. blame him. Good for him uh, but for what, sticking it out, really. But yeah, then there's the tale of one of the male strippers calling in sick and no power on this earth will make him tell it. Zero powers. None of the powers. But we I all really know. want to hear that story. I'm pretty sure it just ends in, so he stripped for a night. And as we saw from the pool episode, he's decently built. Yeah, he could make it. Definitely. I don't see why not. He's He was better built in high school than I was. <laughs> Ditto. Anyway, he washed dishes, saved some money, did some stripping, and then he skulked his way home. Uh, Buffy's depressed and scared that she can't cut it. Uh, Xander gives her a real nice pep talk. Yeah. And it's actually really nice. He says, for a minute anyway, says, Buffy, you're my hero. When I'm alone and in the dark and I'm scared, I ask myself, what would Buffy do? Well, sometimes I also ask, what's Buffy wearing? But that's neither here nor there. It's like, yeah. oh, Xander. He is, this whole fucking scene is just like, we're going to throw all the good Xander lines. Like, all of them. <laughs> Buffy's being sad and she's like, oh, no, college is fine. He's like, once more with even less feeling. <laughs> um, and then he's like, you seem like you have cancer of the puppy. <laughs> yeah, he did have a lot of good lines here. Honestly, the OK, so uh, I take back what I said earlier. I thought it was just a little too on the lewd, sexist side for him to be like, well, sometimes I, of course, also wonder what you're wearing. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was that was the only one that made me say, ah, too far. Reel it in, Hoss. There's still a little bit of that nice guy Xander deep a inside. Wee bit of the nice guy Xander. But no, he does give a pretty good fucking pep talk. And he's he tells her exactly what she needs. And the pep talk here is really the best uh, foundation for the belief that Xander is the heart of the team. Yeah. The one thing Xander has that no one else in the group has is... Pure, unfaltering faith in them. Okay. Like, he believes in Buffy, and he believes in Willow, and he believes in Giles. He believes it to his fucking core. Okay. And that's just kind of fucking awesome. I'll buy that. Yeah. Cut to the school records room where they've broken in, where Buffy does some hacking. How about that? They didn't even have to call on Willow or Oz to do some hacking. Or some good old-fashioned normal looking up. Well, you know, that counts on a certain level. Sure. 
hey, if I can claim to know how to fix computers by Googling shit, then she can claim to fucking hack things by looking stuff up. But they figure out cleverly where the vampires likely are. They look into the disappearances. Turns out it's actually been fairly regular. And all the paper trails lead back to the year 1982 when Psi Theta, a fraternity, pretty much disbanded. But the building is still there. And so they're like, hmm. Xander says, you up for a little reconnaissance? Buffy says, you mean where we all sculpt and paint and stuff? (laughs) Xander says, no, that was the Renaissance. Buffy says, I've had a really long week. (laughs) Yeah, those lines feel like they should have been reversed. It's kind of fun to have the the roles reversed like that. Yep, and then so we cut A little bit of role playing, if you will. (laughs) Not that kind of role playing. Not that kind of role playing. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. Uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Cut to the lair. Obviously, this is where they are, and Buffy and Xander climb up onto the roof and look through a skylight that, why the fuck the vampires don't have blacked out, I don't understand. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense at all, now that you mention it. Shines bright on the main room. (laughs) There's some debris on it, but not enough to block direct fucking sunlight in California. Maybe there's a basement. No, this this is the room they were hanging out when they were there earlier. Yeah, they were definitely in that room during the day. It would have made more sense for it to be blacked out and have like a little hole that she could fucking look through as to why she's even fucking laying across the goddamn skylight. Yeah, she really didn't need to have her whole body weighed on it. Other than as a way to make her completely fall through it in just a moment here. Because she's watching them rifle through all of her shit. They find Mr. Gordo, the insensitively named stuffed pig of her childhood. Yep. Um, Mr. Fat and her diary. Who keeps a diary? (laughs) So 90s. Nowadays, we post our personal feelings on the internet. Yep. (laughs) And so she sends Xander off to find some weapons while she stays and watches... Which makes all the sense. She's got a little bit of a voyeuristic streak. (laughs) (laughs) So he fucks off to get weapons. And immediately she crashes right through this stupid ceiling window. (laughs) Ceiling window? Yeah, skylight, I guess. And man, if her wrist wasn't already fucked, it sure the hell is now. Yep. That was a long fall. There's a little bit of banter here. I did like the line where she's like... But you've made one mistake. And Sunday says, yeah, what was that? Buffy responds, well, I'm not actually positive, but statistically speaking, people usually make at least. And then it's interrupted by getting punched in the face. Yup. And then we cut to the dorm real quick where Willow and Oz are being shown that Buffy is gone and her stuff is gone. And... Willow's like, Buffy doesn't just take off unless she does. (laughs) She does that sometimes, but there were circumstances and there's no circumstances. (laughs) She doesn't just take off, except for that one time when she took off without any 
And uh, my favorite fucking part, though, is when Xander shows up and he's like, oh, it's a prank. It's a prank that was played on by Buffy's friends. You know, the ones who sleep all day and don't tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought I thought Kathy was funny here because they're talking about Buffy. She's like, wait, does she have emotional problems? I was very specific that I wanted a stable non-smoker. I'm like, Kathy, we all want emotionally stable people in our lives. I'm not sure if I've found a single one yet in my entire life. If I did, I'm not even sure I would know it. (laughs) Right? No shit. So Willow's worried that they've been bad friends and uh, missed some sort of clue as to why Buffy might have run off. Quote of the day here, Willow says to Oz, how can you be so calm? Oz says, long, arduous hours of practice. And that's when Xander Anderson says, it's a prank. He hugs Willow and he hugs Kathy and he's like, this is really intrusive, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> he looks to Oz, he's like, do we hug? <laughs> I think we're too manly. And that's some toxic masculinity right there. Yep. Never mind that it was Oz and Xander. I, it, I felt like that was uncharacteristic of Oz. Yeah. Oz is so manly. That he's comfortable hugging. That he would have been comfortable hugging Xander. Xander's definitely, quote unquote, too manly to hug Oz. But he's the one offering the hug. What the hell with all this role reversal? Anyway, we cut back to the lair. Sunday does the really the one thing that truly could set Buffy off. She breaks her class hero award. Yeah, that, that glittery little umbrella. I mean, the joke's on her. She's going to have glitter in her ass for the rest of her life now. Luckily for her, that's not very long. Yeah. (laughs) Craft herpes is a thing. No, not the craft herpes. Once you got it, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So she breaks that little glittery umbrella, which pees off the B right into the S's F. uh, Say that one more time. It pees off the B right into the S's F. What is the F? It pisses off the Buffy right into Sunday's face. Okay. I just couldn't figure out what the F was. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now we haven't saved any time at all with all of these abbreviations, Rex. You ruined it. Maybe we shouldn't abbreviate everything. E. For everything. Duh. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Buffy only needs one arm to kick some ass. And she kicks some ass. She kicks more than some ass. She also kicks a line. <laughs> Buffy talk good. So Josh, not. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday says, you know, this arm is not looking so good. It might have to come off. Buffy says, you want to know the truth? I only need one. And Buffy gets her mojo back. Yep. Buffy's back. She kicks some ass. And then the Scoobies bust in. Really odd timing, but just in the nick of time. They've got crosses and stakes, and Willow has a crossbow. Willow kills dipshit McGee. He goes, whoa. He he worships our Lord and Savior with a well-placed whoa as he dusts. Yep. He's been saved. Devout to the last moment of yeah, his life. Just in the nick of time. Yeah. Yeah. The Buffy ends up taking down Sunday and regains her confidence. Yep. Well, Sun- Sunday taunts Buffy about her broken arm and Buffy's line. I love it here. She goes, 
for the record, the arm is hurt, not broken. And then fucking clocks her with it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then over the shoulder throws the stake at Sunday. She's got slayer healing power, okay? Like, she can take the pain. She's going to be fine. Yeah. Cut to outside. We're kind of wrapping up now. Yep. Xander calls dibs on the rowing machine. Because <laughs> apparently he realizes all this stuff is from people who are fucking dead. Right? <laughs> so nobody technically owns this stuff in the strictest <laughs> sense, right? I mean, what are they going to do? Track down the all their loved ones and try and return their belongings to them? Nah, dibs on the rowing machine. Dibs on the rowing machine. Damn right. Giles shows up with weapons <laughs> just in the nick of too late. <laughs> right? He's running across campus with like a fucking axe and a cross. And <laughs> Notice it was the big fucking ridiculous white cross that, yeah. that Xander was using at one time. <laughs> and uh, so Buffy relaxes in solace of the knowledge, hard air quotes, that college is turning out to be just like high school, uh, which is great because at least she knows what to expect. Yeah. Cue something she doesn't know to expect. Which is, I think, the vampire from the beginning that ran away from them. He's running across campus and he gets tased by some random no, masked military dudes. It's the fourth one from uh, Sunday's posse. Oh, was it? Yeah, he okay. ran. He didn't get staked. Do we ever see the one from the beginning again? I don't think so. Man. He was probably like, shit, there's a slayer in Sunnydale. Fuck this. I'm going to f fucking Wisconsin. <laughs> right? Uh, that's weird. That's so disjointed. Oh, we didn't mention that the, the vamp specifically got captured by some soldier looking guys. Oh, yeah. He gets tased and captured. Yeah. Anyway, Gerarg. Yeah, Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in here. You've got something here. Huh? How'd you feel about the episode, Rex? I really enjoyed it. Although I think they were really trying to to shoehorn the Buffy as sadness a bit too much. Yeah, it, it felt out of place. She just had a huge win with the ending of the last season. Granted, okay, Angel's gone, but... It's, you know, she's got Willow and Oz, and she knows Xander's not going to be gone forever. Yeah. And she's got Giles, and Giles seems happy. Yeah. It's not like he's unavailable. He's just not at the library anymore. So, and she's had several months to, you know, cope with Angel being gone. I just, yes, I get, I understand depression, but I feel like she's been through so much shit I just can't imagine college being that overwhelming. Right. But yeah, for the most part, I did like it. Did you like it? I'm trying to decide. I don't know. I felt like this episode was just riddled with plot holes. It was kind of a weak villain. I think it would have been better if Sunday was like a couple episodes villain. Like a mini boss kind of villain. Not yeah, a single episode. They definitely could have gone mini boss with with sunday i mean so we've we've introduced riley i'm pretty meh on riley i mean yeah. we had we had some good moments but overall i was pretty meh about the episode 
Definitely not really rocking and rolling into season four just yet, but they set up a lot of necessary things, and I'm sure that's going to go good places. It always does. I fucking love this show. It's going to be great. I have no doubt about that. All right, then the important question, what's your quote of the day? Oh, boy. There were, it was a very quotable episode. Regardless, it really was. Regardless of all the other issues with this episode. Do you want to do yours first? What was your quote of the day, Rex? I'm going to say my quote of the day is right out of the fucking gate, very beginning of the goddamn episode, the pair of lines. How do you get to be renowned? Do you have to be nouned first? <laughs> yes. First, there's the painful nouning process. I just like that. I I love it when there's that clever play on words stuff. How's that really a play on words, though? The nouning process? It's a play with the word renown. And, you know, what's the root? It doesn't really have a double meaning, though. I mean, other than, you know, for... I didn't say it was a pun. It's playing with the word. You can play with a word without it being a, a double meaning. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Anyway. <laughs> God, there's that resting sarcasm voice. But I think you were actually being sarcastic. No, that was actually sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> See, I... I've known you for years and I can't fucking tell. <laughs> so what was your quote of the day? All right. This is a tandem Buffy and Giles quote. Giles says, I'm not supposed to have a private life. Buffy says, no, because you're very, very old and it's gross. Giles responds, well, before I succumb to the ravages of age, why don't you tell me what brings you here? It was the ravages of age that um, and the very, very old and, it's, and you're gross that got me. I mean, yeah. the rest of it's necessary for context, but those were the parts that really just crawled into the crevices of the funny parts of my brain. I was going to say my happy little orifices. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about your happy little orifices. Highly inappropriate. You're welcome. So this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. It's the number one thing you can do to help our podcast. If you'd like to support us financially, you can always find us on Patreon, patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Uh, if you would like to wear our logo on your person, that would be awesome. And you can find that at store.beerwithbuffy.com. As always, you can send us an email to get in touch with us beerwithbuffy at gmail.com and as always you can send us a voicemail or text at 269-743-0783 thank you for our lovely transition music opening and closing music by Reggie Page and Benjamin Alexander this has been Beer with Buffy I'm Rex I'm Josh have a good night and a broody panda I'm a watcher. I, I...
done why are we watching this 